Welcome to The Haunted and the Strange. I'm Amanda. And I'm Sean. Grab a drink, dim those lights, and stay a while. While we discuss everything. Well, haunted and strange. Hey everyone, welcome to The Haunted and the Strange. My name is Amanda. And my name's Sean. We are coming to you from two different sides of the pond. I am from Canada. And I'm from the UK. We are two friends who met online and quickly learned that our interests are similar. We are both into ghosts, cryptids, and things that go bump in the night. We decided to team up and start a podcast to bring our favorites to you. We hope you enjoy. You knew then that this was not any kind of hospital that cured, but a hospital that held, that kept their patients away from the rest of the world. A kind of ark that floated along full of life, but not participating in life. These people no longer made progress. A mental asylum, or insane asylum, is the name given to an institute that was designed to house and care for the mentally unstable and ill. In recent times, this idea was supposed to better society by removing, and in a blunt and cruel kind of way, to hide these people from sight while supposedly offering the care needed to help patients get better. The first mental asylum actually dates back to 792 AD in Baghdad, and neighbouring countries soon followed suit. The so-called Asylum Age started in the US and the UK in the mid-19th century, and as intended, was to house those deemed unfit for the open world. Through the unnecessary need to ostracise these people because of their disabilities came the mistreatment and abuse of these patients. Though not every nurse or doctor abused patients, many did, and as a result, asylums became the place of nightmares and torment. Many records exist of the appalling treatments that were offered such as lobotomies, electro-treatments, submerging treatments, as well as many, many other extreme methods. Some facilities offered open-air treatments and elixirs promised to cure anything from a simple headache to curing all cancers, of course, at a cost to the patient. Many abusing treatments and obscure methods came during the Victorian era, when many physicians experimented, not fully understanding how the treatments would negatively affect the patients, and sometimes not even caring. Many of the patients came from poor and depraved backgrounds and some even were placed in asylums because of disease such as TB and unfortunately most would never be missed if they succumbed to the treatments. Many Victorian era asylums began to lose their credibility and funding towards the mid 20th century. As medical understanding grew and developed around the area of mental health and mental disabilities, so did the attitude towards the methods used within the asylum based systems. By the 1980s, most traditional asylums had closed their doors for good and were replaced by modern methods of treating patients. Many of the structures were left abandoned after the final patients left and this led to the uprising in urban exploration of these buildings. Many urban legends and paranormal stories began to emerge surrounding the haunted asylum phenomena. Sightings and reports have been documented about patients and orderlies remaining in the buildings, replaying and reliving the horrors they endured. Of course, the mistreatment and often extreme methods used came with a ton of negative energy. Surely, 
all of this energy and depravity was left behind to fester within the walls of the asylums. Surely, the spirits of the patients needed to show others the torments and hardships they endured while still among the living. St John's Asylum in Lincolnshire, England. This asylum has had many names since it first opened in 1852. It's been known as the Bracebridge Mental Hospital, the Lincolnshire County Pauper Lunatic Asylum, the Bracebridge Heath Hospital, and St. John's Hospital. St. John's Hospital is situated in Bracebridge Heath and has a long and interesting history. The asylum sits in 120 acres of land. It was designed in a grand Italian style, but is now nothing more than a shell of its former greatness, hidden from the public behind scaffolding and barriers. The hospital had male, female and children's wings and used some of the traditional medical techniques of the day to cure insanity, including electric shock treatment. Conditions such as depression and postnatal depression were classed as a mental illness and treated the same as someone with schizophrenia. Brain surgery was believed to cure mental illness and was commonly used in asylums. While surveyors were excavating the grounds, work had to come to a stop when human skeletons were uncovered. It turned out they had found the burial site. The asylum eventually closed its doors in 1990. Stories of inmates hanging themselves above the ornate staircases have definitely added to the reason why so many harrowing stories of shadow figures and strange experiences have been witnessed in the hospital. An encounter reported by two removal men employed to clear the building states that they frequently heard blood-curdling sounds of screaming that made them flee from the building. It is said to be a regular occurrence to walk past the asylum and hear screams emanating from within the solid walls. The fire service has even been called to the hospital when residents have reported sightings of what looked like small fires visible from the windows. On arrival, there were never any fires to be put out, although some of the firemen have reported seeing strange lights in the corridors. Some people think this could be intruders or squatters starting the fires. Others believe it's the work of the paranormal. In September 2010, a photograph taken by a group who snuck into the property was printed in the Lincolnshire Echo, a local newspaper. It shows the outside of the building from a distance, but when magnified, a white figure can be seen standing looking out of one of the windows. Of course, there is scepticism about the reliability of the photo, but for some... It only adds further proof to the belief of ghostly activity in the building. The Homestead Public House in Bracebridge Heath is set in the grounds of the former hospital and has had several reportings of ghostly activities itself. Many staff and customers have reported seeing ghostly nurses and patients roaming around the pub. The Beechworth Lunatic Asylum was built in 1867 in Victoria, Australia. It was situated on the top of a hill as it was believed the fresh air and the wind would whisk away the mental illness. As with St. John's, many archaic treatments were used from the total restraint of patients in straitjackets and padded cells to the horrific electrolysis treatment. The hospital housed around 1,200 patients at its peak, a split of both men and women. 
and used the above treatments all the way up to the 1950s when drugs were introduced to treat the patients. To be admitted as a patient into the asylum, only two signatures were needed, but to be discharged, a total of eight would be needed. This made the likelihood of being released from Beechworth very slim. In fact, the chances of dying and being free to haunt the grounds were a much more likely outcome. Since the hospital closed its doors to patients in 1995, unsettling sightings have been seen by many amateur investigators, one of which is an apparition of a young girl seen kneeling down in one of the wards used frequently for the electrolysis treatment. Other sightings have been in what is called the bullpen, which was used to house the most violent of patients. Doors slamming, heavy stamping, rancid odours and sights of shadow entities have been reported as recently as 2015. But even when the hospital was open and active, ghost encounters and stories were frequently spoken of. A fire in 1951 swept through the hospital, causing at least 400 patients to be rescued by local authorities. One wing named Bristol was damaged beyond repair and collapsed shortly after the fire. The wing was renowned even before the fire and the eventual collapse of the regular sighting of a previous doctor employed by the hospitals casually roaming the halls. Another sighting is that of a former matron. It was said that when the apparition of the matron was seen, the room would turn bitterly cold, but even though it would be a frightening sight for many, the company of the matron would often bring patients comfort. Local residents of Victoria have often reported seeing the apparition of a gentleman wearing a green woolen jacket. It is thought that this is the previous groundskeeper named Arthur. Asylums, in retrospect, should have been a refuge and an area to treat the mentally ill, enabling the sufferer and their families to recover or at least live a meaningful life. But in most, not all circumstances, the exact opposite happened. Terrible treatment methods, physical and mental abuse, dark and obscene living conditions all contributed to the theory that all this dark and negative energy was to be deposited in the asylums. Investigations and experiences have shown this to be mostly true. Is this paranormal or is this hysteria? Uh, well, I'm really glad that our view on people that have um, like mental illness has changed. <laughs> yep, definitely. It's definitely less barbaric than it used to be. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like I know there's still um, people that, uh, nurses and doctors and what have you that still don't treat these people um, in the best of ways. But for for the most part, I think we've yeah. really improved it. Like there's less um there's less of these buildings and places that are be that are being used as dumping grounds which is really good like it's actually disgusting to think about yeah it was just an easy way wasn't it i think i think a lot i don't know I've, I've, I think so. attitudes back then were totally different weren't they? It's, they they didn't want to have want to deal with it and in some respects some people thought they were better than they actually were to deal with it so they just throw people in and forget about yeah. them and yeah. Terrible. Right. 
Well, oh gosh, yeah. And I think too, well, as we've, we have grown so much and learned so much and been able to educate ourselves better. So we have better tools to help people like this, right? So, um, yeah, there's as, more as like, fucked up as it was. Exactly. So, yeah, like as fucked up as it was, people just didn't know. I don't want to say didn't know better because they did. They just didn't know yeah. how to do better for these people. Yeah, it's, it's like it's some, I'm sure it was at the Victorian times, they, they used to try and cut you and bleed you to get rid of the illness and, you know, using leeches or, mm-hmm. I think even with mental illness, they'd, they'd poke a hole in the brain to allow the the illness to escape. It's, you know, you, you look at that these days, you think, what the, f- what the fuck's going on there? Cut a hole in the head to let the illness get out. You know, that's... Yeah. Crazy. Whereas nowadays, you know, we, you know, it's one of obviously we can scan brains and whatever, but yeah, crazy mm-hmm. turn. Thank what, God we don't live in those. One times. of my favorite things, <laughs> one of my favorite things ever is when imagine, could you imagine this being told, oh, you have ghosts in your blood? <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that one. Yeah. Here's some cocaine. You have ghosts in your blood. Yeah, I think they, they used to put like opium and heroin and medication as well, didn't they? At one point, to try and aid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and like back then, like as a woman, like I could be hospitalized basically just by being a woman. Like, let's say I was like PMSing and I'm having a bad yeah. fucking day, they could throw me away. <laughs> And I'm not saying sometimes yeah. I'm not crazy enough to get thrown away, but like postpartum <laughs> depression, um, it's just, it's all hormones, right? And nobody understood it, but it's just wild. Yeah. Somebody should have thrown me away over Christmas because I had a fucking meltdown. <laughs> I think 90% of the world had melt- meltdowns over Christmas. <laughs> oh. Oh, but yeah, like it's it's just, it's crazy and it's, it's just us getting better understanding about it. And I think it's so good because, you know, these are people too. And a lot of times they just, people forgot about that, that these are human beings. I think it was kind of the state of the hospitals as well. You know, a lot of them were cold and dark and dank, uh, cold, dark and damp and mm-hmm. just fucking horrible places. It's, you know, you'd think even the doctors would have a bit of self-respect and keep the bloody things tidy, but no. Yeah. Well, and they wouldn't have had the best of funding. No, and I, I think a lot of the time it was privately funded, wasn't it? So you know, mm-hmm. the the patients' families would be paying for the for the the, the treatment and the upkeep. So it wasn't nationally right. funded like here in the UK. It's the NHS that would fund it via the government, but yeah. Yeah, you know, back then they, they they wouldn't have had any of that, so yeah, right. they, it'd have been limited funds, and more often than not, the money probably went on the doctors' salaries rather than the upkeep mm. of the buildings. I should imagine. Yeah, which is pretty um, similar to these days, so, I suppose, in some respect. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm like, so what's the difference? <laughs> no. Um, not a lot. So, okay. Apart from we don't lobotomize these... people anymore. Yeah, right. 
Um, so a lot of these places are super haunted and obviously it's because of all the negative energy, right? That's got to be it. There's so much yeah. stress and sadness Definitely, and yeah. anger and yeah. Yeah. It's got to have been left behind. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think it gets absorbed into the, the atmosphere and, and the building itself as well. Um, mm-hmm. you know, residual hauntings, they're, they're going to stay there for eternity, aren't they? And haunt. Yeah. I think sometimes as well, I think maybe like worn as well. I, I think there was a few incidences where there was hauntings while the hospital was still open. Right. And that, that kind of says to me that, you know, the hauntings are, are in a way trying to warn the patients that are there already or there now, you know, like mm-hmm. this is what happened. This is what they do to us and so right. on and so forth. Yeah. But so equally, think, like, there, there's... there was some positive energy as well, wasn't there? Yeah. Well, you had mentioned there's a doctor. Um, and I don't know what a matron is. Can you explain that yeah. to my Canadianness? <laughs> a, a matron? Uh, a f- she's kind of just like um, like a ward assistant, I think. Okay. Almost like, uh, do you have do you have sisters in Canada? In oh, hospital? Yeah. So, like a religious. Or nurses. Okay. Right. I I don't know about religious. Are matrons religious? I don't know. Possibly. Okay, so more of like a they're, nurse. They're kind of like the, almost like a supervisor of the nurses, I think. Okay. Um, okay. A little bit. Kind of in in charge of the wards, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I think that's okay. what a matron is. <laughs> that makes sense. And that's what where my brain went, um, was that it was some kind of like a, like a head head nurse or something like that almost like almost like a mother yeah kind of um in a way supporting being that motherly figure mm-hmm. on the ward i suppose yeah right right so yeah there's definitely positive too yeah because she was the where she was providing like comfort almost when she was seen mm-hmm. so Mm-hmm. You know, she was. She wasn't there to warn. She wasn't there to to frighten. She was there to support and say, "Look, you know, everything's going to be all right. Trust yeah. me, I'm a doctor or a matron." Oh, well, that's good. I like that. That um, when you were talking about the one at Beechwood with the little girl that's in the um, electrolysis ward, that made me really sad. <laughs> like really sad. I don't yeah. like. I don't like ghost children. It's super depressing. What what I couldn't find out is whether the electrolysis had been performed on that child, and I I, I really hope not. Yeah, that would be horrific, but yeah, because yeah, it was it was well, in the electrolysis ward, wasn't it? Right, but she could have like it could have been uh, the ward could have been used for something else. Like I don't know, you said she was kneeling, so maybe at one point um, it was like like a sleeping area and she was praying or something like that. That's what I'm just going to pretend was going on. Cause that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever makes you happy. Whatever. Have your little happiness bubble. <laughs> um, so over at St. John's, there was those, I think it was the fire, the fire people were called because of all those little fires. I'm wondering if that was like a residual kind of haunt with like, 
Could it have been like um, like candles being lit or like old fireplaces being lit? And that's what people were seeing, like residual mm. haunting. Yeah, could well be, yeah. So yeah. they reported when the fire service got there, there was no sign of a fire. You know, right. no, no flames, no ash, no smoke, mm-hmm. uh, nothing. Um, and I, I know a lot of people have said also that, it, you know, it could have been like urban explorers or people that have broken in, maybe even squatters hiding out there. But the fire service said there was nobody there. You know, we yeah. went in, no fire, no people, no doors open. It was just empty. But right. there have been reports so- that people have been seen in there. So it's not a case of squatters or people breaking in can't be in there. It's just that on that occasion, there was no sign of them. So mm, quite, okay. Uh, quite, well, not even on that one occasion. It's been, it's on quite a few occasions that that's happened as well. So it's right. not just a one-off incident. So it could have been um, people that were in there with like flashlights but yeah, it also, I don't know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking it might've been something residual, especially if they definitely saw fire, but there was no yeah. fire. So candles, or like I said, like old fireplaces that were lit. I don't know. And he, he, you know, if, if there's been a fire or even a candle, you can smell when a candle has been blown out, you mm-hmm. know, you, you can mm-hmm. see or and smell if there's been a fire there and the, what the fire service have said, there was nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, and yeah. you know these are trained professionals that would have, are trained to recognise a fire, even the smell of a, a candle. All of us can mm-hmm. recognise that smell, right? But yet they reported absolutely nothing. Yeah. Well, and I know there's plenty of like residual haunts where people will smell cigarette smoke when nobody's smoking, right? So. I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's kind of, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. It's so weird how this energy like transfers and, and how it shows up. It's weird. And it's never the same because in some residual hauntings, you'd be able to smell the smoke, whereas some, you just see the smoke, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Anyways. Yeah. It's, it's almost spe- specific to the, to the energy that's haunting, you know? It's, yeah. It's cases of yeah. like perfume smells, isn't there? You know, a, a woman might mm-hmm, mm-hmm, have always mm-hmm. used rose perfume, yeah. and the the spirit or right. the the uh, the entity that's seen people can smell the rose perfume. I wonder what mine. If I was to come back for a ghost as a ghost, I think people would smell wine, <laughs> <laughs> Cabernet or Merlot. Merlot, Cab Sav. What would yours be? I hope mine will probably be a blueberry and raspberry e-liquid. <laughs> because of your vape? <laughs> yeah, that's all I do. 23 hours a day I vape. Because I'm a douche. <laughs> just, I wouldn't say that, but just picture this. Picture this 20 <laughs> years down the road. There's like ghost hunters out there and they hear or they they just smell a bunch of fruit because every all the ghosts are vaping. <laughs> yeah, everyone's vaping and everyone's a douche. Oh, <laughs> come on. Well, I'm really glad that it's uh, better than mental health is taken a lot serious, more serious now. This is 
Yeah. I've got, I've got a friend, I've got two friends that are actually in the field and the way that they talk about their clients, you could have never imagined people talking about them mm. that way back then. Right. So yeah, I think it's really, really great because yeah. people just forgot that these were people and they would dump them and yeah. it's devastating. These, yeah. People just wanted to be accepted and loved and they were just forgotten and thrown away. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's the acceptance and it's, a, you know, a lot, a lot of people are far too proud for their own good. I think, you know, even, even these days, they mm-hmm. are, and, you know, if, if their child's got a mental illness or even a, you know, a physical disability, they would, they would be almost ashamed of them, which is just horrendous. And like yeah. you said, these places just became the dumping ground for, for, for these people. And like you say, mm-hmm. thankfully it's, attitude has totally changed these days and people get the help they need yeah please be sure to like share and subscribe uh, leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on you can find us on instagram at haunted strange pod For each of our episodes, we will be doing a post on Instagram as well. So you can head over there and check out some images for each episode. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Haunted and the Strange. Until next time, stay spooky. Hey everyone, I'm Nicole. And I'm Gabrielle. And we are the hosts of the Spiritual Sisters podcast. Join us every week as we discuss all the spiritual topics like astrology, mediumship, psychic insights, and so much more. We are often joined by others we have met along our spiritual journey who are well-versed in many of these areas. Get ready for enlightening discussions and interviews and personal experiences that we hope will expand your mind and get you thinking outside of the box. Whether you're a seasoned spiritual seeker or just beginning your spiritual journey, there's something here for everyone. Check us out every Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts. See you then. Bye! Bye.